0: Welcome to this edition of Don't Listen to Us, episode number 30, here a day later than usual. I'm Sean King. I'm Melissa King. And and why are we a day late, uh, Miss Melissa? We're
1: a day late because we
0: are painting our kitchen
1: we with busy, busy bees, and uh, we forgot yesterday, uh, I was going to suggest we do it in the evening, and we just... Kind of slipped our minds. Well, we just, we had dinner with the boys, and then just tired.
0: We spent a weekend painting. We uh, we've done uh, three uh, two coats on kitchen cabinets. We've done one coat on the lower cabinets and it's looking lovely. It
1: looks fantastic.
0: You picked out some lovely colors. I'm thrilled. It's very you modern
1: looking, very not silly little uh, sort of quirky uh, country kitchen It's very modern for a small little kitchen now
0: Previously we had a mismatched br- uh, brown brown wood uh, Light brown on top, dark brown on the bottom And it was mm. old and dated and mm. It just, just didn't look good at yeah, all Yeah, now yeah Now it's going to look very good You've got this wonderful steel blue grey Steel blue
1: grey that pulls in the,
0: the kitchen countertops And then white for the top bits. White and then we're going to use fake Mediterranean tiles, uh, sticky back tiles, you call them. Well, yeah. Uh, and I think they're going to look great. It's going to look great. For some reason, we didn't do before and after. We'll definitely do some after shots of it. If you follow our um, us on Facebook or on Instagram, you see some pictures of Melissa um, <laughs> painting doors and on the floor, high and, and low, funny and stuff sh- like that. And we had a question from my friend Susan on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Why are there no pictures of me, Melissa?
1: Yes, and I said to Susan, you were very busy outside. Oh, because I'm not a shutterbug, you mean?
0: <laughs> and that's, that's a legitimate statement, and it's not a bad thing. It's just you don't see photographically, if you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying. You don't think to take images of the things that you see that strike your eye.
1: I took a picture of you trying to make the bed while you are in it. Uh, I
0: know. <laughs> I realize that, but what I'm saying is that it's not something that comes naturally to you.
1: I really should start to uh, – I, I, and I, I do encourage you to remind me if you could, Melissa, because I, I wanted before and after, and then I defer it to you. Well, Sean or do before and after.
0: But I, I I hadn't thought of that. To, to me, it's more of um, – seeing things and going, oh, I should take a picture of that.
1: Yeah. As opposed
0: to seeing and going, oh, that's cute, and moving on from
1: Yes, it. you do think
0: and You know, I walked outside yesterday or Saturday, and you were lying on the ground in front of two, uh, two of the doors we were painting, the kitchen cabinet doors, and the way the light was from behind you and the beautiful orange, even though it's just a paint-filled blouse you were wearing, mm. and your red hair, and the green of the tape, and all that kind of stuff. It's just a beautiful picture. It looked great. And um, I saw that and immediately thought, to take a photograph of it.
1: I know. Um,
0: whereas people who don't think photographically may not have done that. And they may have noticed the, the, the prettiness of it, mm-hmm. but then we just moved on from it. I know. And what I try to encourage folks is to, to that's why whenever people take my class, one of the things I say is set aside time to think like a photographer. Absolutely. An hour a week. And just go out and be a photographer and start Mm -hmm. thinking that way. Because if you do that consistently, say for six months, eight months, a year, whatever it might be, then it becomes automatic. Habit. It becomes a habit. It's the Mm -hmm. practice of this. And then you'll start looking around. And subconsciously, I know I remember thinking, oh, yeah, the sun's going down over there. So the light's going to start coming this way. I remember thinking that, thinking, okay, you know, keep an eye out for photographs. We're just. Painting in the drawing. Oh, you
1: were even thinking of where the sun was yes, and all that. absolutely. Mm. I
0: wouldn't have thought about it when the sun was overhead when we were painting in noon. Because mm-hmm. I know, again, from practice, that the shots that you take with the sun directly overhead are probably are not going to be all that good. So I don't worry about taking photographs then. Mm-hmm. But when the sun, sun starts getting to that, those levels where I know the light's going to be really pretty, I start looking around for those kinds of images.
1: Okay. So...
0: Uh, if you want to know more about, uh, I'm always happy to help folks figure, this uh, drives Melissa crazy when I say this, but I'm always yeah. happy to help folks figure out this photograph photography stuff. And if you're looking for a great, fantastic vacation, we are going to Lisbon, Portugal next March 23rd to 30th, and we're te- I'm teaching a photography class for beginners. And the great thing is you can go on vacation and have a wonderful, fantastic vacation in a spectacularly beautiful city. Uh, It won't cost you a whole lot, and you'll also be able to uh, hang out with Melissa and I and take photographs and learn how to take better pictures. You can either take my class, it's only $500 for the whole week, or you can go with uh, Obama's uh, White House photographer, Pete Sousa, and Pete is charging $5,000 for the week.
1: Is he going to Lisbon?
0: He's going to be in Lisbon. Um,
1: oh, for heaven's sake. Not at the same time as us. But. Oh, good. I'll we'll have to sabotage <laughs> not, it somehow. No, 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 no. <laughs> sneak up behind him. Photo bomb him all the time, and he and his students.
0: Pete is not competition, okay? <laughs> he is de- definitely. But I've often. I've, I've sent emails to him. I've never, I've never gotten a response. i wanted, I wanted to ask him about his photography with. Obama because he brought out a humanity in Obama that we didn't see with Bush's photographer. And I'm damn curious to know, is that because Bush didn't have that humanity? And I can't believe that's true. Or is it because the photographer wasn't good and could, didn't catch Bush's humanity? You know, cause the pictures, I think Sosa's pictures of Obama were the first time we really saw that kind of a human side of the president. We'd seen the official photography before from, uh, uh, Salsa used to be the, uh, the White House photographer for Ronald Reagan. And we saw some beautiful shots of Reagan, but I don't remember seeing these sort of personal family Shots, uh, Obama oh. and Michelle at the Easter egg hunt and yeah. at the, the Halloween party.
1: Kennedy did. I remember Life magazine photographs oh, yeah, Kennedy. of I'm Kennedy. Talking, I'm talking about so- oh, you're talking about more contemporary. Yes. Yeah. Pro- oh, I see. But, I mean, I don't think it would be difficult to bring out the humanity in Barack Obama and his I, I, family, yeah, I have I agree. to say. Agree. Not, no offense to President Bush. You know what I mean? I'm, I think – because I've i seen film footage of President Bush and he's kind of a you – know, he certainly wasn't a stiff upper lip kind of guy. Yeah. He was a pretty down-to-earth kind of guy.
0: I saw this on uh, Twitter this morning. Uh, Musa wrote, money will not fix all your problems. And Orpheus wrote, bitch, no offense, but money would solve literally every single one of my problems. Like, all of them. I don't have a single problem that money wouldn't immediately solve. <laughs> so true, huh? <laughs> but I posted on Twitter and then said the same things, like... And I recognize the fact that there are definitely some problems that some people have that money won't solve. But I'd be willing to bet that whatever problems many of us have, if you think about it, a lot of them will be solved with money. Or well, you could pay to get the services to solve your problems. Exactly. If you need really
1: deep counseling because you've got shit going on and you're kind of screwed up in the head, you could buy a really good psychiatrist
0: or something exactly. like that. Yes, I, I, I. money doesn't solve, money doesn't buy you happiness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the funny things about our modern day technology, I've been reading a couple of stories today. Uh, this is, by the way, this is Monday, not our usual Sunday show. A couple of stories today, one from a whiner, Matt Honan, who's, uh, who used to write for Wired and blocked me years ago because he got all pissy because I didn't agree with him on something. And Matt basically he wrote, writes his article on BuzzFeed about how evil cell phones are. And now they're ruining our lives, blah, 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 all this crap. And my first reaction to anything like that is always, put your phone down. Right? If you think your phone is taking over your life, put your phone down. Take some responsibility. People are always like, Apple should give us ways to... No, put your phone down. If you think your phone is disrupting your life, put your phone down. Mm -hmm. Modern technology has allowed us to do so many things. But one of the things it's allowed us to do is to not use our phones as phones very much anymore with caller ID and call display and voicemails kind of stuff. This is a funny story. Um, Nobel Prize winner Paul Romer tells me he didn't answer the phone when it rang early this morning. He figured it was spam. And he checked the caller ID and saw it was from Sweden. (laughs) So he called back and after waiting on hold, learned he'd won a Nobel Prize.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God.
0: And for but check to, the number the funny thing for me is i would have gone sweden i ain't answering that i know nor <laughs> would
1: i No, but he must have known if even, if I like,
0: was, oh even if i was like a world famous scientist or wherever paul romer is i still wouldn't answer that call <laughs> <laughs> well you've taught me to answer it and put it on mute yes which
1: i i like that because yeah. i never answer my phone if you haven't noticed
0: if I don't recognize the number, I don't answer it. Sometimes I'll I'll answer it and immediately hit mute, then immediately hit speakerphone. Mm. And that way I can hear what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can oftentimes hear if it's a robocall or it's just that robot voice, please stay on the line for an important call. Mm-hmm. And you can block those numbers mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I do that because I don't want that number to keep calling, calling, calling. Mm-hmm. So I want to see, is it a human? Is it a robocall? If it's a robocall, boom, blocked. I actually used an app on my phone and it's called, let me just find it real quick, um, it's called RoboFence. And RoboFence has a database of phone numbers that other people have blocked or have reported as spam or marketing or oh, politicians or yes, yes. It is. and it has got, it's right now it's protecting me from 249,000 reported numbers, wow. which is nothing. <clears throat> but what happens is when I get a phone call that's on the RoboCall list, it pops up and says "blocked by RoboFence. Sorry, cool, Robofence. I like that. Robofence. So, And there's a bunch of other apps that that, mm. that that you can do that with. So I can just look at the screen and go, don't worry about it. Mm. You know, other people, the community, has reported this number as being fake or false, mm. or politician mm. or whatever it might be. And I can just go, oh, good, I'm done. I don't okay. care I don't worry about it. RoboFence, the app is called. If you but
1: it's curious. true, though. But, I mean, for example, I look at my, my my beautiful 21-year-old. He's like a 21st century guy. Damon's, you know, the phone's out. But Damon, he it doesn't interfere with his life at all. He is an active, um, healthy 21-year-old. But he gets his email. Like he's doing his business off mm-hmm. his phone. He That yep. phone is everything to him. Yep. But I have other people colleagues who are liter- who are deliberately putting their phones downstairs in the kitchen to charge overnight not having them by their beds.
0: sure that's fine and yeah. i like
1: that yeah. i like that idea of not waking up and reaching over and yeah. grabbing it and the first thing you sort of do in the morning so that's one step Take that responsibility some steps exactly. yeah
0: it takes responsibility for yeah. this is controlling my life well it's just a thing Make yeah. it not control your life.
1: Well, and I have a f- some people that I know that have absolutely made the decision that they're off social media. Sure. And and one young gal, a, a yogini that I know over here, I wondered where she was because I used to love some of her posts and I started following it. She was doing like some beautiful um, things on Facebook And she had an announcement to say, listen, everybody, I've gone. I choose not to do this anymore. And she was just letting everybody know that this is my website or you can phone me or email me, but I'm not on social media. And that decision, she's done it. She did it. She's been off for months and months Did she say why?
0: No. See, one of the problems we have nowadays, especially for women, that they get hounded off of social media by asshole men you know that that's uh, very common and i hope that didn't happen to her
1: I th- no i think i just think that she may have seen it as something that didn't serve her and that mm. she was spending time on but it wasn't serving her for what yeah. she for then, what she chose it
0: to. next thing i was going to say was yeah how are you using social media yeah. i don't use my social media to build a following or to serve a particular audience or to do any of those things i'm i'm actually i should be but i, I suck at that aspect of my life and my business mm. I use it because I like it you know, I post things on Instagram cause I like posting things on Instagram I like
1: Instagram still I still Facebook
0: yeah. you know, I'm not the kind of person that, that goes and tries to build an Instagram following I don't follow other people because they might help me build my no I, I don't care about that
1: oh stuff. I don't care about that
0: I've got less than a couple hundred followers on Instagram I'm okay with that oh yeah I've always said because I've seen this happen where people get upset if they don't get a hundred likes on a photo and they get really bent out of shape about that. For me, I know every like I get, not every like, but the vast majority of likes I get, even I only get 10 likes. Seven of those are from friends of mine. They're from yes. people I like, people I know. And it's like, oh, you know, seven people. Like and someone me. shares it yeah. or whatever. We can't share on Instagram, which is something I oh, always thought was a you bad idea.
1: Well, you can send it. And you can send it to as many people as you want. Like if you press the arrow up in the in the top right hand corner. Yeah, but
0: I don't like the idea of doing that because you're pushing this stuff out to your friends. Wait, wait. When you, I guess maybe I don't understand this. When I send it, so I can't see. I want to be able to repost stuff. Like on on Twitter, I can retweet. Someone can post something, and I can retweet it on Twitter, and all my followers on Twitter see the retweet. It's
1: the same on Instagram.
0: But I can't, do, I have to s- select every single person. You have to select. List. I'm not doing that for 400 yeah, people.
1: Yeah, well, sometimes, well, for me, it's easy. See, I only still follow about 63 people on oh. Facebook. Yeah. But some of my family members aren't on Instagram. Yeah. So I, I, I use Facebook still.
0: I think that's the key, is only follow And have following you people you know and care about or are interested in.
1: And that puts stuff on that makes you feel, you know. I mean, I wonder, I know we've talked about
0: this before, but I wonder
1: how they will determine when this kind of addiction to technology, it's ruining my life attitude, when they start to develop a diagnosis for it, is it going to be part of it that if you don't get so many... Responses that you go into a depression. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm wondering where. How are they going to do it? Because if your phone, if you think it's ruining your life, and you and you can have that frontal lobe thought, "This is ruining my life," then you must be able to come up with a few yeah. three good things that you could do to decrease that
0: thought. Have you ever thought about writing your own obituary? Oh, no. I I don't, and I don't mean this as in a or a serious put down. I don't think my life is important enough to serve as an obituary. You know, I, I don't think well, I've done Well, that's not it. true. Well, I, it's my, that's why I've never thought about writing my own, but some people do. But in the, most obituaries are written by family members. So this guy's uh, daughter wrote his obituary for him. Um, Rick Stein, 71, of Wilmington, Vermont, was reported missing and presumed dead December September 27th. Investigators say the single-engine plane he was piloting, suddenly lost communication with air traffic control and disappeared over the Atlantic Ocean. Um, police confirmed Stein had been a patient at Thomas Jefferson University Hospital where he was been being treated for a rare form of cancer. Hospital spokesman Walter Heisenberg says doctors from Stein's surgical team went to visit him on rounds when they discovered his room was empty. Security footage shows Stein leaving the building at approximately 3.30 Thursday afternoon, but then the video feed mysteriously cuts off. Authorities say they believe Stein took an Uber to the Philadelphia airport, where they assume he somehow gained access to the aircraft. Um, NTSB lead investigators said, we have no idea where Mr. Stein may be, but any hope for rescue is unlikely. Stein's location isn't the only mystery. It seems no one in his life knew his exact occupation. His daughter, Alex Walsh of Wilmington, said, my dad couldn't even fly a plane. Mm. He owned restaurants in Boulder in Colorado and Colorado, knew every answer on Jeopardy. He did the New York Times crossword in Penn. I talked to him that day, and he told me he was going out to get some grappa. All he ever wanted was a glass of grappa. Uh, grappa is an Italian yes. cure. Stein's brother, Jim, echoed similar confusion. Rick and I owned Stuart Kingston Galleries together. He was a jeweler an oriental rug dealer, not a <laughs> pilot. <laughs> Meanwhile, Miss Al Lettington of Ch- Charlottesville claimed her brother was a cartoonist and freelance television critic at the New Yorker. David Walsh, Stein's son-in-law, said he was certain Stein was a political satirist for the Huffington Post. While grandsons Drake and Sam said they believe Stein wrote an internet sports column for ESPN, covering Duke basketball, FC Barcelona soccer, the Denver Broncos, and the Tour de France. Stein's granddaughter Evangeline claims he was a YouTube sensation who had just signed a seven-figure deal with Netflix. This yeah. is this is an obituary that actually was in the paper. This is not a joke obituary. Hmm. When told of his uncle's disappearance Edward Stein said he was baffled Since he believed Stein was worked as a tour guide In the Rocky Mountain <laughs> National Park <laughs> He took me on a hike up the Lily Peak Trail Back in the 90's He knew every bush, berry and tree Nephew James Stein of Los Angeles Claimed his uncle was an A&R consultant For Bad Boy Records And ran a chain of legal recreational marijuana disp- Dispensaries in Colorado Niece Courtney Stein A former Hollywood agent Said her uncle had worked as a contributing writer For S- Seinfeld and Curb Your Enthusiasm was currently consulting on a new series with Larry David. People who knew Stein have reported his occupations, everything from gourmet chef and sommelier to botanist, electrician, mechanical mechanic, and even a spy novelist. Police say the volume of contradictory information will make it nearly impossible to pinpoint Stein's exact location. In fact, the only person who might be able to answer the question, "Who is the Rick, real Rick Stein?" is his wife and constant companion for the past 14 years, Susan Stein. Detectives say they were unable to interview Mrs. Stein, however. Neighbors say they witnessed her leaving the home. The couple shared wearing dark glasses and a fedora and loading multiple suitcases into her car. FAA records show she purchased a pair of one-way tickets to Rome, which was Mr. Stein's favorite city. An anonymous source for the airline reports the name used to book the other ticket was Juan more Morford de Road, which, according to the FBI, was an alias Stein used for many years. That is one story. Another story is that Rick never left the hospital and died peacefully with his wife and his daughter holding to Dew's hands.
1: <laughs> oh, for heaven's sakes.
0: You can choose which first you want to believe or share your own story about Rick with us at the Greenville Country Club on Friday, November 9th. Isn't that sweet? His wow. daughter wrote this obituary about him, about this wonderful life he had, and he died peacefully <laughs> with his family around him. That's so so cute. Oh my goodness! I was I was reading this and going, Jesus, Christ, what is going on with this guy? Hmm. And you get to the bottom and you find out that just
1: he just died peacefully. He just with
0: died them. peacefully with with, with with his wife and his daughter next to him. <laughs> I don't know whether I should ask this question or not because <clears throat> sometimes you've got to be afraid of the answer. Maybe I shouldn't even ask the question. But okay, I'm not asking you the question, Melissa Joy King. I'm asking the world, and I don't really want any answers from anybody.
1: So no. don't send so don't
0: me emails Goodness. at DLTU at yml. <laughs> Do you have any fetishes? Fetish is defined as something that sexually arouses you. People have often said I have a penguin fetish, but penguins don't sexually arouse me. I like penguins. They're cute. Hmm. Not a, so therefore, it's not a fetish. No. If that's the way you define fetish. I'm a single male in my mid-30s who, over the years, developed an inca- incapacitating fetish. Oh, dear. You ready for this? Uh-huh. I could only get fully aroused when smelling the odor of maple syrup. Oh, dear. Oh. Well. <laughs> when I was younger, it was not a problem getting aroused with the but as I got older, I inhaled the scent <laughs> while pleasuring myself, and now I can't perform without it.
1: Darling, can I pour maple syrup all over your body? I mean, it sounds pretty good. I've
0: tried to wean myself to no avail. (laughs) What should I do short of taking all my dates to the house of pancakes and (laughs) actually spilling maple syrup on them? (laughs) Hmm. I don't think it would be fair to require such a thing from anyone who would not expect to be tolerated in a long-term relationship. Any advice? (laughs) No offense to this guy and the issues he is having. That's really funny. That is really hilarious. Yeah.
1: Well, imagine if it was you. Whenever I had dessert, I would have to put it aside. (laughs) It would melt because I love my ice cream covered in maple syrup. And now our Sunday morning pancake (laughs) breakfast would quickly come to an end.
0: (laughs) But it's something that's always fascinated me. It's always, always fascinated me how... What happens in our brain, and at what age do we get? does the Does the switch get flipped so that we're turned on by specific things like that, or even things in general? You know, almost everybody has a uh, say a body type that they find sexually arousing. Yes. What caused that? What what what, what is it? Is it cultural? Um, is it environmental? Is it g- genetic? Is it DNA? You know, this guy, nothing in his culture would have caused this. And mm. cause, I think is the wrong word. There's is, this is nothing abnormal about this. this no, is a, no. A fairly, I mean,
1: I feel for him because it could be a bit debilitating in a way. Like, it, 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 he needs a certain thing to do something that should come more naturally.
0: It's always a problem. The more specific thing you want, the yeah. harder it's going to be to accomplish that thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. for me, I've, even though growing up in my formative years, as far as I can remember, I've thought about this a lot, I have never had or been around redheads. Uh, everyone in my family uh, when I was growing up was all, was all black people. I don't remember any little redheaded girls when I was a kid. I don't, re- I don't remember any particularly attractive redheads in junior high school or high school. Uh, I met my first, I dated my first redhead in college, but I've been in love with redheads my entire life. There's something about red hair that turns me on because it's something that you weren't used to. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's it. But that, but by that logic, well, I was gonna say, but that logic would be blondes. There's a lot more blondes around, even in you know my growing up, even even grown- in Nova up. Scotia. Yeah, yeah. But so I mean, I love your red hair. Your red hair <clears> just <throat> is beautiful. But yeah. But for me, it's even more than that. It is def- I'm not gonna say fetish. But it's something I find incredibly attractive. I've seen women who were objectively unattractive. Yes. Who I thought were attractive because they had uh, red they hair. They had red hair. So Just, this poor schmuck has got to find some well cologne to give his girlfriend. Uh, she can I Yeah. Because I
1: think, what well, does he need to have? My immediate thought is I wish he could find an essential oil that smelled yeah. like maple syrup. Or could he put maple syrup in a
0: diffuser? Yeah.
1: I don't know. Like, it's, I feel terrible for him. <laughs>
0: now, is that something that you would bring up on a date with somebody? No. <gasps> no. No, no, no. Because, because that's
1: like bringing up
0: any, anything sexual in any yeah, way. Yeah, but that being said, don't you want to get this stuff out of the way right away? You don't want to fall for someone and then six months later have them or you say something that's important to you that they don't like that they won't do.
1: Well, you wouldn't bring it up on a date though, like on Eventually, unless you, you were think... unless you were getting very involved
0: with that woman. I'd say it's something you have to bring up at least by the third date. Oh. Especially if it's a, as incapacitating as he says it is that he can only get aroused with the smell of maple syrup. <sighs> and I don't know how you bring it up. But I, I don't. It, he says just odor. It doesn't mean that's a smear maple no, syrup all No, the over. smell of it. So A little dab in her forehead probably do do enough. And I would would that bother you if, if if we're on a date, we're on a third date, and I say, you know, we're 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 having a lovely dinner. We've had a great time in our first first two dates. We're 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 having a, a great third date. And I would bring up the conversation like this: Is there something about you that I need to know? And you would giggle and laugh, and and uh, you would be shy. And I would say, because there's something about me that you need to know. And you'd say, what is it? And I and I would say something along the lines of, well, I, I don't want to put any pressure on you. No. Or say that's where we're going. Mm. I'm just saying, for me personally, for me to to be sexual with somebody, I need to smell maple syrup. And you would laugh, and in your head you go. <laughs> but I'm a charming guy. You had a good time in the first two dates. You think that maybe this is something you want to pursue? And then he says something like, I, I need to smell maple syrup. I, you, mm. you know, I don't know what it is about the world around me. <laughs> But I'm, I'm not saying i got to smear maple syrup all over you.
1: Well, we don't know that from
0: what he's saying. No, no, he, he says. What does he say? Because a little says,
1: bit doesn't necessarily smell like a lot of maple
0: syrup. I can only get fully aroused when smelling the odor of maple syrup.
1: So a little dab on the forehead is not enough.
0: It might maybe, a jar, maybe a jar next to the bed. Okay. You know, maple syrup candles. M- maybe. So what would you say to that? To, to that guy? Would that be something that would put you off?
1: No, I would probably, as long as I didn't feel pressured that because he was implying that I was going to have sex with yes. him. Cause I'm not easy, you know. Mm. I, I would probably, I'd probably have a chitty chat, and a conversation about, it, cause it's quite fascinating, really. Okay, yeah. And ask him a bit more about it. But then I would have to leave that date processing that and, tr- and I would have to think about that quite a bit. Or if I was a different kind of a woman, I'd say, Hey, I got a fresh, Got a fresh uh, uh, jar of it at home, let's go. <laughs>
0: I love maple syrup. Like, would Aunt Jemima suffice? Do you need, no. Do you need pure Quebec, Canadian oh, maple syrup? You know, I mean, <laughs> grade what, one, a exactly. grade doc maple syrup. Exactly. Because you know, is, is, is I'm willing to go there with you. I need to know what the rules are. There.
1: I love maple yeah. syrup. So. We're
0: Canadians. we Canadians. We, we love maple
1: syrup. Yeah. Interesting. It's
0: it's funny that you say you, you're not easy because the, the, the next story is about just how easy you are. Oh, um, God. <laughs> Oh my gosh!
1: Well, no, what they, must people they, they, think when you when you say these things?
0: They think you're easy. Um, I'm teasing. <laughs> Although it was it was easy to find. Oh,
1: that's enough. It was easy to what?
0: <laughs> no, it's. It like, was
1: easy to what? No, it's
0: enough. You said that's. I'm, no, I'm, but I didn't hear what? what you said because you interrupted me.
1: Well, I'll be able to. You tell me what you said.
0: If, you, if we had video, you'd see her flipping me off right now. <laughs> it was easy to fall in love with you. It was easy to fall in love with you, too. And I say that because today deeply, is the one-year anniversary, not of our wedding, <laughs> mm-hmm. not, not of the, the marriage, not of the proposal, but it's the one-year anniversary of us just moving in together. Yes. Wow, it's we, so young. We met on July 4th, and by October 15th, we had already i was moving in on on this date and this is something that has come up with you in our discussions that sometimes you think we move too fast
1: well i get worried about i have been worried about it because i've thought to myself when we've been having challenges i've thought gosh i you know i don't even really know this man i'm still getting to know him so i mean some people date for years Uh, It's not, I I mean, I'm more and more in love with you all the time, but it it, it has come up, yes, very much, that I get very
0: nervous. There is a stigma attached to people who get involved, air quotes, too soon. And I think it was uh, uh, Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee uh, got married after like nine days. You know, that's too soon. Mm -hmm. That's just too soon. But it's also, I think at, our age, again, air quotes, our age, hopefully, if you're a an adult, fairly mature, fairly fully formed, you know what you want. When you're in your 20s, I believe, you don't really know who you are as a human being, and you don't really know what you want, for the most part. I'm not for the concerned. most part. I'm generalizing. Mm-hmm. I'm, sure, I'm sure there are some put-together 20-year-olds that are much more mature than I am. That, <laughs> that's not saying a whole lot. Mm-hmm. but. Generally, by this age, you should know yourself well enough to know what you like and what you don't like, what you want and what you don't want. And therefore, when you get when you start a relationship, you can more quickly think to yourself, yes, no, yes, no. Like, this person ticks these boxes or doesn't tick these boxes, that kind of stuff. So you don't have to waste a lot of time trying to figure this out, this relationship. Like, when you're 20, you can spend six months seeing each other once a week and... Going through that process, yes. But I think for us, because we were so compatible right off the bat, yes. That I mean, our first date was twenty-four hours long. It was, um, and we had an amazing time talking. We had so much fun talking to each other, and then because the way the way we were living, I'm living in the city of Vancouver. Melissa is living here in this little town called Gibson, the Sunshine Coast to get here is an hour and a half and, and 40 minutes. Of that is a ferry ride. And because of our jobs, we couldn't see each other every day, every few days. Like you can't, so we had to work this or we talked to this on the phone every night. So you have to work the schedule. And I remember thinking, I don't want to be away from this woman. Mm. I don't want to waste time. Cause again, it's another aspect of this age is, I finally find someone who makes me really, really happy, and every day I'm not with her is a day that I'm not going to be that happy, mm. that mm. I'm not going to explore her and talk to her and and be with her. So let's stop wasting time.
1: I know. It was almost like a panic sometimes yeah. I would feel when yeah. you would have to leave, and I would feel almost like uh, my stomach would – it was almost like a panic. It was like, oh, my gosh. We might not see each other again for two weeks. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or, yeah. So that was and, a huge part
0: of it. In my head, that was, you know, that's wasting two weeks.
1: Yeah. You know, just at, waiting. At, at this
0: age, wasting two weeks is not something I want to do. No. You know, it's okay when you're, you're not okay, but when in your 20s, it's different. Yeah. Um, plus, the other thing is, and I will be the first one to admit this, I didn't have much of a social life living in Vancouver, in Maple Ridge. Mm. I didn't hang out with my fellow employees. At 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 the job mm-hmm. The job was physically demanding So I wasn't going out with friends after I didn't have any friends I could, could go out with mm. um, But even if I did I think I'd still want to spend as much time as I could With this gorgeous redhead And so I was already planning on moving out of my apartment And it was too far away from From the job And with winter coming up I knew I was going to have to start taking public transit I couldn't ride the motorcycle No, in not the winter from there time. So I was thinking, well, I'm going to have to move anyway because I need to get closer to public transit for the job. And when I was already getting, thinking about moving, you said, well, why not move over here? And I'm like, I can't get to my job over here. And we talked about it for a long time, and we realized what kind of a big step it was. And we talked about whether or not it was going too fast. We had long conversations about that. hmm Mm-hmm. And the other aspect of it too was that you had these great boys over here and we wouldn't have done it if they had said no they didn't it was too soon mom.
1: No Sean was you were very very good about going well, I'm not doing this uh, without their approval. No, so I I, and I, I, that was amazing. No it was um, I mean it's not regretted at all. It's just you know but sometimes in my worst moments you think oh well if he had have had a bunch of friends over there, and if he was had been doing this and that, he probably wouldn't have uh, wanted to come over as much as what, as what he did.
0: And that's <clears throat> an interesting thought that that you would have that, and it's a legitimate thought.
1: Mm-hmm. If your circumstances had have been different, you wouldn't have. You would have just waited the two weeks. And no, gone that's up. not,
0: and that's not true. That's what I was going to say. Um, I understand why you would think that, but for me. Even if I had a a large social circle of friends, I know I would have gone out for a beer with somebody and thought, oh, I wish Melissa was here. You know, I'd rather go and see her than hang out here with with these people. Right, right. Again, I know myself well enough to know that's what I would prefer. Yes. If I would choice between the hot redhead and, and Rick. I'm taking on with really. <laughs> Well, Sorry, um, and
1: your job and my job weren't very compatible to see each other. Yeah, and I had to stay here and work on the days that you didn't.
0: So happy anniversary. Happy
1: anniversary, sweetheart.
0: Except for me having to get rid of my couch. This is I know. I had. I had a
1: great couch. It was beautiful. Well, we should have sold it. Um, I must have taken the day off. Oh no! Or well, was it a sun? No, if today's Monday. It would have been a
0: Sunday, wouldn't it, or a weekend?
1: So I must have. Yeah, we must have gone over. Oh well, yeah, because we're. Yeah, because we went over on the. Yeah, we worked it out for the weekend. I was just thinking about that today.
0: Yeah. should I, um, I recently received an invitation to a dear friend's grandson's fifth birthday party. All right? No. <laughs> First of all, right there, no. It's a friend's. Grandson's fifth. No. Yeah. Get, okay. out, get alive. Yeah. No kidding. In lieu of gifts, what is wrong with you? In lieu of gifts, he's five. That's all a five-year-old wants is gifts. In lieu of gifts, donations were requested. But for what? To a choice of politically affiliated charitable organizations, who, mm. which I cannot, in good conscience, support. Any of them. What's the appropriate course of action here? Well, first of all, it said, get a life.
1: Oh, yeah. And it'd take him uh, a stuffy or something kind of cute. I don't know. <laughs> if,
0: if you are an age where your friend's grandchildren are having fifth birthday parties, you don't go. <laughs> I'm sorry, but no. Oh, my goodness. Under uh, what situation do you think it would be appropriate... To go to a, to be like, let's say you're assuming you're 60.
1: Right. To go to a five-year-old birthday party. Well, and just go and take a pot, take a uh, dish of food. a present present. Well, I know that, but you don't have to. If you don't want to, if, if they're saying, because what's happening these days is people are saying we don't want gifts because of all the shit that we've got in the house already. Could you please give money to this, 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 or this? That's what's happening. It Are is you a trend. Serious? No, I'm serious. We don't want gifts. He's all- fine! I, I know, but I'm just saying, people don't want to accumulate too much shit for their kids. And if and it's overwhelming for the children sometimes.
0: You know, you know what I'm buying this kid? What? I ain't giving no political donation to anybody. No. Terrible or otherwise. No. I'm buying this kid a drum set. Yeah. <laughs> no, yes, not. I am. A really annoying musical oh, toy. Oh, Yes. One of those, those lawnmowers you push around like...
1: But I'm just saying, as a parent, after a while you go, Oh my god, this all this plastic shit in the living room and then the kid ends up opening so many presents that they're totally overstimulated and they don't want any of them anyway.
0: What's the appropriate course of action here? Must I give the must I give the child a gift anyway, or just stay away from the party? I really don't want to get in any political discussion with either the parents or the grandparents, and I think there will be hurt feelings if I don't show up. Well, boo freaking who? <laughs> hurt feelings if I, if I show up? Well, obviously, their political leanings don't agree with you anyway, so don't worry about their hurt feelings. Go to the party. If you feel you have to go to the party, bring the kid a present. I know you wanted donations, but I wanted to get little Jimmy this. mm Mm. Oh well, no, no, no. He's he's little. He's five years old, and you're going to a child's birthday party. No, don't don't bring up don't donations. I don't care if they're donations to the World Wildlife Fund. No,
1: I'm just saying that parents are getting done with all of the plastic shit that people buy for kids. Birthday parties are not about parents, are about kids. Uh, well, bring a present. Uh, Okay, I I disagree. I've still got all this shit from from the kids. Well, that's because you won't throw things away. See, uh, I uh, you're the one that's telling me that I always purge too much. This
0: is a great example. I throw of, everything away. Of what I learned from my mother. I don't know if you learned this from your mother, but this is the difference. My mother. Had we, we moved a lot when we were kids, so maybe that's part of it. My mother would throw stuff away. If, you, if she hadn't seen you use it in the last six yeah, months, she'd throw it away. It. Yeah, yeah, So there was no gear acquisition syndrome for mm-hmm. us. It was thrown away. Mm-hmm. My mother would box things up for our moves and write the date on them. And if the box hadn't been opened up after a year, she'd throw the box away. Without good even looking her. into it. Yes, she good wouldn't for wouldn't even her. open it up and go, oh, I wonder what's in this. Nope, she just, it would just get tossed mm-hmm. if it hadn't been opened up. hmm
1: I have a son that won't get rid of anything No, he does. He's, he's going to be a hoarder. He really is. Yeah, he's going to in. Oh my god.
0: I worry about him. Oh, in that I regard. know. He can't.
1: I know. Even he food can't. sticks. He can't throw away sticks. He can't throw away rocks. Rocks. Sticks. So, Rory, could you please just take the rest of the salsa from at the bottom of the dish? Oh, no, but I might use it. And it sits in the back of the fridge. He cannot give away, give up anything.
0: We, I made biscuits on Saturday for <laughs> breakfast. Biscuits and sausage and, <laughs> and uh, eggs. And there was one little teeny tiny sad lonely biscuit left over. And what you said something to worry about, you know, are you going to eat this? No, nah, I don't want it. Okay, you're going to throw it
1: away. No, don't throw it away. Don't throw it away. Yeah, don't throw it away. So Sean and comes. So, this, yeah. so
0: these two went back and forth. Oh, I'll eat it later. No, you won't. <laughs> so I'm, I'm in the office. Oh, I can't stand listening to this. Two. <laughs> I go to I take the biscuit. I throw it in the compost thing. Yep, on the stove. Yep. And 10 minutes later, you come in you whisper to me.
1: Yeah, I whisper. I said he took it out of the compost, <laughs> wiped it off, and he ate it. He is just... It's like the let. That's why I was constipated as a kid. Like, let go of your poop. <laughs> right. Let it go,
0: Roar. Oh, dear. He is lovely, though. I've been with my boyfriend for a little over a year. We're really good about resolving disagreements, fairly <laughs> without a judgment. Except for one thing. About four months ago, I decided to start fostering at risk kittens. My <laughs> boyfriend's allergic to cats. <laughs> you can see where this is going, can't you? <laughs> yes. You're reading ahead. We discussed it for several months until one day I had five fosters in my household. That's not much of a discussion, princess. No. I have made every effort to clean and hired professionals to help deep clean, but obviously if you're allergic to pet dander, there's only so much you can do. Mm -hmm. He's actually helped a lot with them, so I don't blame him for hitting a breaking point. But I'm reluctant to push them away because I made a commitment to care for them until they're adopted. He takes this to mean I'm trying to weasel my way out of giving them up, which is not the case at all. I just don't see the point in promising to care for something and then giving up halfway through. We've got two adopted out so far, so I don't quite understand his logic. He doesn't understand mine. The key to this is her statement. I don't see the the point in promising to care for something and then giving up halfway. What about him? Exactly. It's exactly what you did for your boyfriend. You
1: kind of, you know, you've made a commitment to him. So you get rid of
0: the little kittens. If... Someone says I'm allergic to this thing, and you bring that thing into the house yeah, anyway. It's not good, is it? You're a jerk. Yeah, I agree.
1: I agree with you. I don't care I do. how much you and I love kittens. I love little kittens, and I'm and good for her for wanting to rescue. Absolutely, them, she made a wrong choice. Like rescue turtles with issues or something. But
0: she specifically made a wrong choice that's damaging to the other person in yes, her life.
1: She did, and knowing it, not bringing them in and going, "Oh my god, sweetheart, I didn't know you were allergic yeah, to cats." They discussed it. Yeah, and he's helping even with them. Get rid no. of the cats,
0: lady. Yeah. Or get rid of the boyfriend. Oh, well, you can't have both. No, yeah, you can't have both. No. And you're a bitch. <laughs> oh, Sean. You're inconsiderate, and I don't like you. <laughs>
1: There's Sean's advice for you, kitten lady. Get rid of the cats. Little boyfriend. Little boyfriend. And you're a jerk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> awful. I'm not awful. She is. I know. No, you're telling it the way it is, and I know that you do that. It's wonderful.
0: I would be. If I'm, she's lucky I'm not the boyfriend. Yeah, oh, like,
1: no. Are you kidding me? Oh, you would be. I know. You'd You'd be livid with me. Absolutely. Yes.
0: We talked about this. I'm allergic to cats. <laughs> But they're just tiny cats Look how big they are
1: <laughs> She is trying hard With the professional cleaners And all that just But it's not working It's not taking
0: Cracks me up That someone would think that way It's yeah. like Yeah you're really allergic But here have some peanut butter yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You know I'll get your EpiPen ready That's right
0: exactly <laughs> Oh dear My husband and I had children in our early 20s and sacrificed a lot to give them the best life possible. They're all grown now and two are married. My husband and I are planning to travel and live abroad for the next decade or so. We've never been shy about talking about this, but my two married daughters both made comments this summer about starting families. Things like, oh, you're going to be there, mom, and how their friends had children and the grandparents moved closer to provide free childcare. We are not doing that. We will love any grandchildren we have, but our lives are not going to revolve around them. How do I tactfully bring this up to my children? They have these expectations that my husband and I don't share. I want to nip this in the bud before the grandbabies are here. Well, you
1: say exactly what you've just said. You know, it's easy. I mean, I love my children, but I'm done. So if one or two, if the, or the other have children, I'm going to be oh isn't that lovely? Well, you know I'll come and visit every now and again, but I'm not going to be the grandmother that's down the road babysitting. Yeah. Sorry,
0: yeah, no kidding,
1: mom, no. mom. It's like nah, I'm done. So if and good for them. Like I'm at a point in my life, and I think you are too. For the two of us. We'll still be not shirking our responsibilities and being loving and being there the way we should be, but no, it's it's time for us.
0: And that's fine. That's what you want to do. If you want to be those kind of grandparents that <clears throat> move closer and, oh, and, and, wonderful. and do child care, that's fantastic. Good uh, for you. Absolutely. But you also have to realize that not everybody wants that, and especially because they said they had children in their early 20s, so probably in their late 40s, so, early 50s They've
1: now. done their time
0: perfect time to go traveling mm-hmm. if you have the money and the means and you can yeah. go enjoy oh, enjoy the rest of your life and what you say to your children is sweetheart I'm so happy that you're happy that you're happily married and that you're going to have you're going to give us grandbabies but we won't be here no we'll be yeah. well I'm sure they will be at, on occasion dad and I are going to be in Italy yeah you know we'll FaceTime the babies yeah we're not living our, our lives will not revolve I think one thing you have to say to kids is that for the longest, t- for whatever period of time it is, 20 years, 25 years, my life revolved around you, and I gave up a lot of things for you, and I don't begrudge that at all. No. Nope. I loved it. It was your duty actually, it's as a parent. What, what you're supposed to do. But now that you are off on your own and you have your own life, we are not going to sit around waiting for you to need us anymore. We are going no. off and doing what your father and I have always wanted to do and loved doing. And don't think that... We we resent you at all. That's why we're leaving. You little shits. Finally, yeah. we 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 got rid of you. No, we loved having you as, as as loved having you in our family and being our family. And we're always going to be family. But Dad and I are off to the French Riviera.
1: Yeah, and and the children and we don't know their res- their their responses to this, but. The kid, the grown-up kids, should be saying, "Wow, this is great, you guys! Like, have a, a enjoy each other, yep. make the best, the rest of your life the best of your life, and just enjoy." And maybe it will open up their worlds, and they'll go traveling, and maybe go and spend time with them wherever they are. It yep. makes you more a cosmopolitan family.
0: Just don't expect grandpa and grandma <clears throat> to be hanging around and waiting, changing freaking changing diapers
1: and doing that and getting vomited on on your shoulder and. <laughs> Cood on and peed on and. We have cats for that, right? Mm, yeah. Oh. Mm, yeah.
0: Mm. My girlfriend hates the sounds of joints popping and tells me it's the equivalent to nails on a chalkboard for her.
1: Yeah.
0: I have to. I have tried to quit cracking my knuckle, knuckles, knuckles, <laughs> nipples. <laughs> nipples. Quit, Ouch. I, I have tried to quit cracking my knuckles in her presence, but my back still cracks if I stretch after sitting or lying down too long. It feels good and often happens because I roll over in, into a new position. We've started bickering about this every morning when I get up. I'm not doing it on purpose. It just happens. How can I help my girlfriend get over this? Okay.
1: Uh, sorry, I was... Uh, you need a new girlfriend, dude. Uh, so she's so he's getting up and cracking his knuckles. No, his back. He's back. Yes. And she's just can't tolerate it. That's right. You need a new girlfriend. Mm, yeah, it's, it's a bit silly. It I mean, really is. You know, you let it go, you move on. Is, I this... mean, you fart on me, but I'm oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, he farted in my direction. It was I'm
0: Oh, just... that's better.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Somehow you think that's better. <laughs> oh, you seem to think. I did not fart on you. I was just, my, my butt was just pointing towards you. <laughs> That's just silly. If you love someone, it doesn't matter.
0: It's such an... an, Now, we can say it's an innocuous Mm. noise. Mm. I completely understand how it could just drive someone else nuts. Me too. But it's... Especially if he's not cracking his knuckles, if it's just his back popping as he stretches and he gets out of bed, Mm. let that go. Mm. It's a split second in the morning. Mm. Don't worry about it. Mm. Especially when it's something he can't help.
1: It's different if he's sitting there cracking his yeah. knuckles and doing all that at the dinner table or whatever. Yeah, but this is
0: I've i had friends who did that mm. and they would sit there and talk to you and they'd pull on all ten of their fingers. I'd yeah. like, dude, stop doing that. It is I awful. I hate that sound. Mm. Mm. But when someone puts interlocks their fingers and does a stretch and, k- and you hear a crack, like Rory does it. And it's fine. It's no big deal. Oh. But if it's that or if it's just getting up and stretching and your 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 back mm. crinkles, sweetheart, you've got to let that shit go. Because yeah. what that means is that when by the time you're 45, your life is going to be hell. Because not only will your husband, boyfriend be doing it, you'll be doing it too, no. princess. <laughs> you'll be driving yourself crazy. I don't think I do my joints. No, no, you're very lucky then. Because most people, after that certain age, just it's not it's not a painful cracking. It just, you know, just
1: No, breaking. I don't. No, but the only joint that cracks on me is my TMJ. Jeez. I have a. Which is less now a TMJ? My TMJ? My temporomandibular joint This oh, one yeah, here
0: Show off with a big word
1: I'm not That's what it's called I it's didn't
0: name it's it a it's, a it's a freaking jawbone show off It's a
1: TMJ Jawbone I'm not calling it a jawbone I, I, I've got a science degree you know <laughs> No that cracks A little bit yeah. yeah but otherwise I don't have cracking joints I
0: used to For some reason I don't anymore but when I was younger, up until about 35, uh, I could crack my left ankle just by oh. twisting it. Yeah? It would well, did it step. feel
1: good? Or like, did you do it because you needed to do it? Or you just did it because it was like a,
0: "ooh, look I at never, that. I, no, I never did it out of amusement. I did it. I, I don't know if it released any kind of stress or pain. Ah. There was never any pain or discomfort. It something every time I just, just did it. No, yeah, no, I don't. Um, but I, I, I can't do it anymore. Um, but, yeah, if this upsets you, then you've got a long road to hoes, sweetie. Because yeah. there's nothing that he's going to be able to do to stop it from happening to him.
1: Maybe if she changed the way she thought about it and thought, well, this helps him. In this moment, he needs to do this. Maybe she needs to change her frame of reference about the joint cracking.
0: Yeah, I think that's something that you've taught me in... the the year that we've known each other is that idea of changing the way you look at things, the the changing your frame of reference. I don't think I've ever, I'd ever done that before. Um, it's not putting yourself in their shoes. It's more looking at it from a different light or a different. Yeah. It can change everything. My ex-boyfriend broke up with me four years ago. It was very tough on me. I had just been hit by a car, which resulted in serious physical and emotional injuries. He cut off all contact with me, cold turkey, and wouldn't discuss our relationship at all. Now, he's, begin, he's begun sending nonchalant messages again. I'm not interested in responding, and frankly, it's painful to do so. But I don't want to treat him the way he treated me, so I respond politely. Is that the correct thing to do? No, you block him. Yep.
1: Block him. Don't want to hear you. It's nope. hurt it. It's Done. not serving me. How is this serving me? It's not serving me. Okay, goodbye. Is this making me feel bad? Yes. Yeah, then, stop doing it. then stop doing it. It's easy. Don't do it. It's so
0: easy. He's
1: tr- he's doing, he's manipulating you.
0: So block him. This is a, a common tactic among people in general. I think men specifically. Um, you were in pain, in need, emotionally and physically. And he couldn't deal with it, and I get that, I understand that. You don't, say, she doesn't say to the extent of her injuries or how. Yeah, but he things. was
1: a coward about no, it. Exactly,
0: he was a coward about it. And now that you are in theory well, and he's dropping these little four, four years later, he's dropping these little. Hey, he's how not you a doing?
1: part of your life anymore.
0: No. And, and she says she doesn't want him to be.
1: No, block him.
0: Yeah. Don't now him- we've got a friend who shall remain nameless, who is <clears throat> in a similar situation. Yep. Why don't you recommend to her that she block this guy? Well, how's, how's this different?
1: I had a, a word with her today about it, and um, it it wasn't as long as four years. And he did something very, very cowardly too. And now he has admitted he really he says, "Sorry, Terry, or anyone else that's offended." This is quoting someone. Well, wow, I really fucked that up. He's, because my friend is very beautiful and compassionate, amazing, gorgeous woman, Yep. and uh, um, she is fine. She's okay. She's not feeling like this woman is. It's a very different situation. She's not. She's feeling like, "Yep, I'm strong. I'm good. I can handle this." No. And I don't. I, 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 she doesn't feel it anymore.
0: So it's fine. Oh, that's good. That's good, dear. Yeah. <clears throat> My mother always had that wonderful line of, don't piss me off, I can take you out. I can make more just like you. You know, It it kind of scares me when we were kids. But this might be the case where you kill the child and make another one. These parents saved over $1,000 cash for football tickets. Then their toddler put it in the shredder. Their two-year-old fed $1,000 of cash into the shredder. Oh. Dead child, make another one because that kid just no. Well, that's
1: like the little guy we know that spent a thousand dollars on the iPad.
0: iPad, See, now he's too old just to kill, but but too easy, you can kill him, make another one.
1: You can kill him pretty easily. (laughs) That's just heartbreaking. Oh, isn't it? That is devastating. So
0: because you can
1: see how a kid would do it. Oh, yeah, that's I like shredding, it's fun.
0: Yeah, oh, I love it. First of all. You shouldn't have $1,000 lying around you really where a two-year-old can get yeah. a hold of it. put it, it okay? in the lockbox. You're yeah. an idiot. Put it up high. Yeah. He's two. He's two feet
1: tall. Come oh yeah, they're, they're good climbers. Put it somewhere. Second thing is, why is your shredder open to the child? Well, that's nasty, too. That shouldn't be like that. Because he's
0: going to put other things in there, too. Mm, yeah. Your little sister. Little sister. You know, yeah, just, or, the shredder shouldn't have been on, or his on. socks, or shouldn't have been plugged in. There's, yeah, you know. I agree. So as parents, you guys have screwed up. big I time. agree.
1: You know, he's just two; he doesn't, he doesn't understand. Know. He doesn't.
0: I'm not blaming. I'm not blaming the kids. Yeah. It's the parents' fault for being yeah. idiots. Yeah. Yeah. Now, luckily, and a lot of folks don't don't realize this, they in theory can take that bag of shredded money, send it to the U.S. Mint. And they will reconstruct the money and send it back to you. Send you back the thousand dollars. It'll take a while. It might take six months to a year. But the U.S. Mint, there's a whole division of the U.S. Mint that tries to recover money that's been burnt in fires, that's been shredded, that's had acid thrown on it, that's been buried in mud, and they try to recover enough of the money to recognize the serial numbers. They won't give you a whole, you know, they don't, they don't need to recover the whole dollar bill kind of thing. But they'll try to recover as much of it as they can to identify that that's $100, and here's the serial number, and they'll, they'll send you the money. Oh, that's
1: kind of cool. Which is kind of cool. I hope they do that. Poor little kid. <clears throat> little guy. It's going to be hard to give him a kiss goodnight for the next four <laughs> <laughs> years. That's
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> this was a disturbing story in, in any number of ways. CNN Travel. Greece bans overweight tourists from riding donkeys. You ever been to Greece?
1: No, I never had any urge.
0: I went to Greece on a cruise, and we stopped in Santorini, which is a beautiful. It is beautiful. beautiful place. I've seen the pictures, but it's also very steep. It's on the side of the caldera of, a, of an ancient volcano, and the, the streets are very steep. Now, I didn't see any. We were there. We were there late tourist season, but apparently there they have uh, uh, the cruise ships don't dock against the the volcano, but the cruise ships will have tenders or boats that go from the cruise ship to the dock, and then you make your way from the dock up to the town of Santorini. Okay. There's no public transit around, so you walk up. So apparently they have donkeys for rent that tourists will hop on and and walk up here. Well, apparently these donkeys are starting to... Someone complained about the abuse these donkeys are taking. Sightseers often pay to ride donkeys up steep slopes from the shore to the island's main town, but transporting heavier travelers has taken a toll on the creatures and prompted anger from campaign groups. People wishing to ride the donkeys now will have to weigh less than 100 kilograms. That's 220 pounds. Screw you! That's not overweight! (laughs) That's not fair! Mr. King. I can't help it if I'm over 220 pounds! Yes, you can! Seriously? You think I can get below 220? Oh, I, I, I don't slim, know. I was slim and trim at 235. Oh, okay. 220 means I lose a limb. Oh, I'm,
1: <laughs> yes, right.
0: Okay. <clears throat> the, 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 the thing is, for a lot of folks, their natural weight, not even being overweight, is over 100 kilograms.
1: But do we know what's healthy for these little animals to be carrying? should be doing it at all. Oh, what do you mean? Well, they don't
0: don't have any tourists on the back of these donkeys.
1: I mean, really? I, I see. I'm against the whole thing. Just bloody walk up the hill. Exactly. And if you can't walk up the hill, then, then you should the have hill. gotten better shape exactly. before you went on your travels. That's how I feel about it. I can see if people might need things carried or like use donkeys for what they're meant to be used for, but not for fat tourists. Sorry.
0: Th- that's not fat. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry.
1: For, for, for,
0: um, over 100 kilo tourists. uh, That's all you got to
1: say. I mean, right. Don't say overweight. For the over 100 kilo tourists. You don't say overweight. You don't say fat. Don't say fat, just over 100 kilo. Don't say husky, rotund. You know, I think you're gorgeous and you're very sexy and I adore you just the way you are.
0: Shut up. So there's the, there's the she flipped me off again. So there's the story of the Banksy art that we talked about last yes. week, which we find just fascinating. Oh yes, it was a, it was a woman known by Sotheby's who bought it. We don't know oh. if she has any connection with with Banksy. She's keeping it. Oh, she's go- paying the the full in price in the frame, like as in, it yeah. as it was, as it was. It's already on display at a museum somewhere. So for them, this works out. It's probably worth more now than it was. That she bought it. As it should be. There's an interesting discussion about whether he destroyed art or whether he created new art. And nowadays with modern art, he could have pooped on it and created modern, uh, new art. So, you know. <laughs> but now copycat art collectors are shredding their own oh bank.
1: Oh my things. god. Oh, oh, please. See, this is what he did it for. This is one of the
0: the the, the statements that he's making. An art lover who owned their own Banksy print worth 40,000 pounds has reportedly shredded it to emulate the iconic artist, only to find that it's now worthless. I'm sorry. What? what, I'm sorry. The owner attempted to copy Banksy by slicing strips from the painting using a standing knife and wanted to sell it for 80,000 pounds, twice what he paid for it. The art, the, art, the art companies would know. Dude, it's worth a buck.
1: Yeah, well, just because you have enough money to buy a very expensive art doesn't mean you are smart.
0: One of only 600 of those prints in the world and this idiot chopped it up with a Stanley knife. Wow. God damn it. At the very least, ask first.
1: At the very least, but the thing is, is that he did this at a very specific moment, and it was very, very premeditated as far as, well, it was, and that was it. It was that in that moment. That's it. It's done now. Moving on. Can't do
0: it again. No. No one else can do it. No. Done. He bought her a $100,000 engagement ring. Then they broke up, and things got messy.
1: Oh. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: I don't care if I had Bill Gates' money. I would not buy the woman I love a $100,000 engagement ring or even a wedding ring. That's mm. stupid. Mm. It's just, that's just obscene amounts of money Yes, for a commonly found piece of glass. Yes. piece a carbon. Oh, so it was just a diamond. Silly. It was a diamond, yeah. Okay. It was a diamond setting. She demanded this. This wasn't his choice. She demanded that if we're going to get married... I want a ring worth $100,000. No, no, no. It is his choice. Uh, In the fall of 2016, defendant requested that the parties begin to look for an engagement ring together. Defendant insisted that she deserved... Oh, my. A woman who says that to me, I'm breaking off the engagement. I am not. No, you don't deserve. Deserve, she said that she deserved a large engagement ring because she (sighs) did not believe in wasting money on a wedding... The party should instead spend the extra money On an engagement ring uh huh. Something she would enjoy daily The rest of her married life uh, Mr. Strasser Is the guy who bought it Indicated he was willing to purchase a diamond Of approximately 40 carats Sorry Purchase a diamond of approximately 4 carats And contemplated a budget of $40,000 Defendant stated that Whatever she would eventually want Likely would cost more than that wow. Screw you lady not uh, happening. Right I said,
1: so, you know what intrigues me, and this has come up a little bit for me with my friend, is um, how does a woman wrap? How does she get a man wrapped up around her finger like that? So how does that happen
0: like that? She can suck a golf ball through a garden hose.
1: Yeah, but I'm sorry. I mean, we all can enjoy oral sex or whatever you're going to enjoy but it couldn't be that good that you couldn't just i don't know get out the vacuum cleaner i don't (laughs) (laughs) wow seriously how could a woman wrap a man around her finger to say i want a hundred thousand dollar engagement ring
0: so the relationship breaks up as you knew it was going to. Eventually, this was going to happen eventually. Even though they got married, this marriage was not going to last. Why? Because of that attitude of hers. If she thinks she deserves a $100,000 engagement ring, dude, you're going to have problems throughout the rest of your marriage because she's also going to deserve a $10 million house. She's going to deserve a $500,000 car, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This woman is only about material objects, obviously. Right. Now, the experience of a big wedding didn't mean anything to her. She Mm. wanted the the, the expensive object that she could enjoy daily. I'm just making assumptions here, but I think these are fair assumptions. All right. Especially given the rest of the story. So, they break up. He says he wants the ring back. She says at first she said she'd hold on to it until she finished her dissertation. Oh, what's that got to do with anything? And moved out of the home that they had bought, or he had bought, when they were living in. When he agreed to those terms, she asserted that it belonged to her and that she would never give it back and that the deal was off. She refused to leave the home and prevented him from taking anything more than a duffel bag's worth of clothing when he moved out. Dude, this is your home. You're not married to this woman. Um, okay. I I mean, I don't... So, next thing is grow a set. I was going to say, I don't like the guy either. Several months later, he returned to their home to discover that she had abandoned the premises at some point. But not before she had turned off the refrigerator, causing meat to spoil inside, and covered the walls with angry writings using permanent marker. Oh, oh dear!
1: Oh, what a mess!
0: The cost of repairs exceeded the amount of his security deposit. Um, he spent over ten thousand dollars fixing the apartment up, painting, and I'm new sorry, fridge, this guy
1: and- this guy buys her a hundred thousand dollar ring, but he's renting.
0: Yes. We're okay. renting a big fancy house, by the way. Now this is interesting. Um, there's uh, missing things. Things are missing from the home. Um, he's paying a thousand bucks a month on for this ring. His legal argument is that it was a conditional gift, a concept that sits in a weird place in the intersection of contract and property law, citing cases in D.C., Maryland. He says he offered the ring to Dickens, assuming that a future event. Their marriage would take place. Exactly. Since any hope of that outcome ended, um, he's entitled to recover it. Legally speaking, he's probably right. Actually, from other cases that I read about this, he's wrong. But it was contingent on a marriage. No, it's an engagement ring, not a wedding ring.
1: Yes, they but got okay, engaged. What it symbolizes is that you and I are now connected through the the, the consensus between us that we will
0: get married. Courts have always stood by the idea of a gift. That you can't get a gift back. That once you give someone a gift, you can't, demand legally, cannot demand the courts give that gift back to you. A wedding, uh, an engagement ring, or even a wedding ring, is considered a gift to the bride. Historically, traditionally, custom-wise, that's the husband's gift to the bride.
1: Goodness, I'm surprised there's not more very manipulative women out there than if the courts are, are going along those lines. It's one
0: of the reasons why I knew I was getting screwed in my divorce was because I had proven to the judge that my motorcycle was a gift, right? And yet the judge allowed my ex to take the motorcycle. But
1: why though, if it was a gift?
0: Because, um, because why was it? I don't remember why I don't I don't know what that was reason for it. Because you could have said well, she said she wanted it. And, and, and therefore, the judge gave it to her. I think it was, that was the basic gist of it. Uh, but generally, the way I've read this stuff is that if you give someone a gift, you cannot have the courts give that gift back. You have to voluntarily give the gift back.
1: Well, that means it's judge by judge decision.
0: Yep. Absolutely could be. But yeah, like I said, I knew this was, marriage wasn't going to last. If she's demanding a $100,000 ring, yeah. I'm sorry. Not going to happen.
1: Wow. Well, it's probably not even worth that. It's probably worth half that now because well, it's a and diamond.
0: That's the thing, yeah. If, if you don't know much about diamonds, do research. Diamonds are as common as grass. They are, they are high priced only because of um, a De Beers' scarcity <coughs> and cultural norms that um, diamonds are really not rare at all. They are easy to get. And diamonds have zero resale value.
1: There was an advertising campaign that was very successful. The beer, the
0: diamond is forever. It's fascinating.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's, it is. It wasn't a woman that came up with that?
0: No, there was a guy because women you wouldn't sure? have worked in it. This is back in the '30s. I 20s thought it
1: was a woman that came up with that advertising campaign.
0: But it's it's uh, the whole thing our, our our feelings around diamonds is absolutely fascinating. If you if you uh, do some YouTube searches or read some of the books on this, is really interesting. Um, but but one of the things all people don't realize is that diamonds have no resale value. Because they're common, because of that, because De Beers doesn't want you to sell your diamond, they want you to buy a new one. That's why these diamonds are forever. Mm. Whereas, you, know, you hand your diamonds down from member to member. You can go to any jeweler and ask him to buy your diamonds, and he'll give you maybe ten cents in the dollar. Get so
1: this that. silly man, well, he was quite. Um, she must have been really good in bed, or something. <sighs>
0: I think part the other issue too is that there's a insecurity on a man's part that does this that I can buy her love by giving you the biggest diamond. I can I can prove to her my love. This proves how much I love you because I'm willing to give spend this kind of money on you.
1: But she's obviously convinced him of that. I mean, I would never, I would never say to a man if a man insisted on that. I'd say you don't have to prove your love for me. Yeah. By doing this Like I don't need
0: that you got to prove it Some way But not like this
1: Well you prove it In the real way (laughs) No you got to prove it In the real way In the relationship way But not in the Material object way
0: Well I hope I prove My love for you Over and over again
1: Over and over And over (laughs) Even though you Fired on me (laughs) Stop it Stop it Stop it Oh, and I was snoring like an old man last night And you still love me I was snoring like an old man everyone A
0: little less I'll tell you that right now Wh- What? Seriously two What o-
1: did you just say?
0: 2.04 a.m. Okay,
1: I'm signing off
0: 2.04 a.m. I wake up I look at my clock it's What is that noise? <laughs> what? I roll over And there she is Lying on her back <laughs> Mouth open I was not and this 85-year-old man noise coming out of her face. It was remarkable.
1: And you love me less. No, I don't
0: love you less. Anyway. It was all it's... I could do not to break up laughing. Oh. Because it was such uh, a funny... You
1: should have taken a picture of me. I would
0: have... <laughs> no, because if I taken a picture of you, I have to post that on the internet.
1: Oh, no. I would never let you do exactly. that. Exactly. Oh, my If I had oh,
0: taken a recording of it to prove to you this, I'd be like... Yeah, I'm just going oh up on my god!
1: I'm saying anyway. because yeah, I'm usually so, on my side. I'm yeah. not on my back usually.
0: It was oh, very funny. Literally, dear. I was like, "What the hell is that noise?" Because <laughs> I've heard you snuffle before. It's a very cute little.
1: It's because I'm on my
0: back. But the last night was the first time I. I'm heard so this. embarrassed.
1: Well, get your big bloody cat from sleeping on my legs. How is it the cat's fault? <laughs> He's like, he's like a big sack of sand. Yes.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: So <laughs> he just won't move. So, anyways, I'm gonna now. I go to bed tonight, being very, very. I can't believe you're careful. blaming
0: the cat for <laughs> your <laughs> face noises. I just feel terrible. it's a bit of a stretch. Oh dear! The
1: cat's fault. <laughs> no, I did not say that.
0: Folks, this has been Don't Listen to Us. Thank oh, you guys very much for listening. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Send us emails to DLTU at me. Until next week, I've been Sean King.
1: I'm Melissa King.
0: Don't listen to us. See ya. <laughs> Say goodbye. Oh, bye. <laughs>